Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning. Governor Daniel Malloy is preparing to leave office. We recently sat down with him for an exit interview. You must be doing some reflecting on your tenure. What have you been thinking about? Well, you know, listen, I, I, I got a lot of moving to do. I got to get out of a house and I got to get out of an office. I got to decide which books I'm going to keep and which books I'm going to give away. Uh, uh, I think more to the point of, of your question, however, is, you know, I've, uh, I, t- I constantly take stock of, of where I am and what I've been doing and what we have, as an administration has accomplished. We recently compiled a, a very full and detailed report of that. Um, and I have to say, having read it, um, um, I was surprised, so everybody else should be. What are you most proud of during your time as governor? That we changed state government uh, in, in so many ways uh, and that we kept all of our people pulling and moving in the same direction. We got everybody out of a silo. There, there's not, you know, we shrank the number of departments, we shrank the number of employees, we do more, we provide more services, we're more efficient uh, than we've ever been. Um, and what's really neat is we have clusters of um, commissioners working together uh, on common goals when, you know, there were dividing lines. And, and when I moved into this office, there were clear dividing lines and people didn't work together. Has it been a challenge, do you think, getting that word out? Do you think the average person on the street knows there are fewer state employees today than when you took office? No, I don't. I don't think they know that. Uh, I don't think they know. You know, I think if you ask, this happened to me last Christmas. I was walking in the mall, and some guy came up to me and said, you know, uh, he started giving me a hard time, and I said, well, uh, h- how many more jobs do you think, you know, uh, I've created in state government? And you know, he had some number in the thousands, and I said, well, the reality is that we've cut that number by three thousand. Um, Uh, it's quite remarkable what we've been able to accomplish by investing in technology, by employee empowerment, by having, uh, I would argue, better um, uh, leadership uh, uh, on the commissioner level and deputy commissioner level and holding those commissioners to very high standards. Um, I think it's been remarkable, and it's one of the reasons that we uh, rate of spending increase is substantially less than, than any of my predecessors on an on eight-year basis, on a, any given four-year basis. Uh, it really is quite remarkable. Do you have any regrets, things left undone or things you would have done differently? Uh, you know, regrets, I have a few, but too few to mention. Um, I, uh, no, I think that I, I would have liked to have done more. I would have, uh, you know, if, if, if we moved the ball 50 yards down a hundred yard field, I wish we got to 55 or 60. Uh, um, uh, but, but I, but I, 
as a body of work, I'm very proud of what we've accomplished. You know, there are more private sector jobs in Connecticut today than when I took office. Uh, state government is smaller than when I took office. Crime is at a 50-year low. Our prison population has declined by thousands, and yet we were the leading state in, in uh, decline of violent crime uh, over a three- and five-year, a four-year period of time. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I'm very proud of is the high school graduation rates are up very substantially, well beyond the national average, seven years in a row of increasing scores. After five years, um, the immediate five years before I came into office, uh, having seen declines uh, in graduation rates. And by the way, we now know that those degrees are more valuable because we have a better testing system that measures um, uh, what we're good at and what we're not good at. So, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm not sure you could mention uh, an area that's important to me that we did not make progress in. What area would you say you're, you're most proud of? You know, I, I, I just mentioned, I just reeled off a whole bunch of those, you know, ending chronic homelessness amongst veterans and, and uh, homelessness amongst veterans, uh, creating uh, over 22,000 units of affordable housing in the state, uh, leveraging $2.5 billion in investment in, in, do, in, in doing that. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I wanted to shrink government, and I did, and I wanted to enlarge the private sector, and we did. I think the things that perhaps I'm most proud of is uh, uh, electric boats not going anywhere. The naval base isn't closing. Uh, Pratt & Whitney is here for decades to come. United Technologies, the, the bulk of it, are here for decades to come. Sikorsky uh, Helicopters building a whole new type of helicopter that had only been manufactured or assembled in Florida. Uh, there's no assembly going on in Florida, and it's all happening in Connecticut. Um, no one would have thought that was possible eight years ago. And, you know, whether I get credit for it or not, I know people have jobs and will for the foreseeable future because we did those things. The mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School six years ago certainly changed Connecticut. The state enacted on a bipartisan basis some of the toughest gun laws in the country. How did that change you as a person and how you do your job? Well, before I answer that question, you said on a bipartisan basis, the first votes coming out of the special committee um, that was set up to act on a bipartisan basis didn't, re didn't reach results. They, they, they were tied up in a knot. Um, and uh, uh, the speaker had committed to only doing things that could be done on a bipartisan basis. Um, I think that was a failed concept, and that led to my campaigning in the state um, uh, on uh, important gun measures. And yes, we got some Republican votes, but to call that a bipartisan effort, um, I, I think flies in the face of, of what was the reality, uh, at least uh, as late as March of, um, of that uh, following year, 2013. What we ended up with is, is arguably the most comprehensive or second most comprehensive package of gun safety laws in, in the country. Um, certainly the most radically changed package uh, of any state, um, and that was followed by uh, a continuing a substantial decline in homicides. Um, we also took steps to protect women in domestic violence uh, situations and, and the like. And that work has continued on an ongoing basis. In fact, it needs to because the gun industry evolves on a daily basis, and we have to have our laws evolve to make sure that we're, we're uh, uh, 
uh, protecting people and keeping them as safe as, as we can. Your question about how did it change me, I mean, it was a very difficult time for me personally that day and days after. Um, but that pales into comparison to losing a child or losing a loved one uh, or even having a, a child who was unharmed in the school. I, 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 I can't imagine what that was like. I, only, I had to deal with it for some number of hours and days, um, but there are people's lives who have been changed um, uh, uh, far more severely than anything I had to go through. Um, I'm proud of how Connecticut came together, um, but that was not without some pushing and shoving. Regardless of how people feel about your policies, I think even your critics would agree that you're a hard worker. What has driven you over these past eight years? Uh, the same thing that you know drove me all the years before uh, that eight years. I, I like to work. Uh, I like to be intellectually challenged. Uh, I like to be well prepared. Um, and as my mother admonished me every single day that we had a conversation, I had, to, I had an obligation to leave the world a better place for my having lived in it. And there is not a day uh, in my life as, as a young adult or adult that I have not tried to do that. Um, and uh, I, I think the way I was raised and the uh, understanding of my personal obligation for the gifts that had been given me um, led me to work harder than most people in my line of work. You've never been bashful about speaking out against the president and policies you disagree with. To what degree do you feel that national politics have maybe overshadowed policy objectives here in Connecticut? Well, I mean, I, I think the Republican Party nationally and in Connecticut's uh, in great peril. Uh, I, I would argue that that party can no longer argue that they're the party of Lincoln. Now, Lincoln may have been a Republican, but that was nothing like what we see today, um, Lincoln would be appalled um, uh, by this. The, 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 the man who freed the slaves is in the same party as a man who jails children at a border and separates them, purposely separates them uh, from, from their parents and won't allow them to be reunited with family members within the country. I mean, this is really... Um, he should be brought to the Hague. He, he should be charged with human rights violations because he is violating people's human rights. Um, and that may be bad with an adult, but when you do it to a child, um, how does any Republican today call themselves a Republican if he's your standard bearer? And, and, and I think that the Republicans in the state got spanked by the public because they had many opportunities to distance themselves from the president, and they um, were too spineless to do that. How do you feel about where the country is going? <laughs> How do I feel about after, after that, you know? Uh, you know, Mrs. Lincoln, other than that, how was the play? I mean, I think that, that our nation is in more peril than it's been um, uh, at any time since the Second World War, which was in more peril than any time since the... Uh, First World War, which was in more in peril than any time since the Civil War. Uh, I think it's more like the times that led to the Civil War, um, you know, the late 1840s and early 1850s with the rise of the Know Nothing Party, anti-immigration, anti-religious uh, freedom, um, uh, anti-everything. Um, there's, some, some, there's some similarities. Uh, the Know Nothings denied realities and facts. Uh, we have a president uh, uh, who everybody knew was lying, and yet he got elected. 
um, uh, and, and lying about fundamental uh, uh, and moral um, uh, beliefs and behaviors, including paying off um, uh, uh, women who he had had affairs with um, uh, and accepting help, uh, we will soon have proof uh, from from Russians to garner his election. I mean, what how, how do you sell a, how do you sell a house that you allowed to destroy itself for more money than you paid it in Florida by tens of millions of dollars? I got I, I got to, I I wish I could invest that way. So I, I think that that when we have someone like Donald Trump leading the nation, who argues to the American people that they can decide what the facts are, as opposed to understanding that facts are facts um, and lies are lies. Um, and things get made up, um, we're, we're, we're in great peril. You're clearly a student of history. How has that helped you govern? Um, I, I think an appreciation for, I don't, I don't think you can have an idea where you want to go unless you fully appreciate where you've been and what has given rise uh, uh, to who we are and what we are as Americans. America rose to be the greatest nation in the world because we learned from our mistakes. Right now, we're repeating our mistakes, and that's what I mean to be our peril. Um, our, the press is under attack. Uh, fundamental civil and human rights are under attack. Um, uh, and we've created an environment where you don't have to know the facts, you just have to have an opinion about something. Uh, and that defines who you are, what you are, and what others should believe of you. Uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, there, there's, there's truths and there are falsehoods, uh, there's a reality, um, and those things are undeniable um, unless you create an environment uh, in which they are deniable, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, whether that's in a, in a novel or, or, or which is manageable or real life which is deplorable. Uh, I don't know. You've pledged any help you can to the incoming administration. How is the transition process going, and how frequently have you spoken with Governor-elect Lamont? Well, the governor and I have uh, had uh, discussions, and, and everybody who works for me has um, uh, gone the extra mile. I mean, I, I, my transition was not very friendly, um, not, not because Governor Rell was in any way unfriendly, but, but uh, the administration did not um, wasn't particularly helpful, uh, forthcoming with information, uh, with with a few exceptions. I, I pledged to myself eight years ago that when I was done, uh, whoever got elected, Democrat or Republican, would have a better um, uh, experience than I had. Um, and um, I, I think they will tell you, um, and they probably could answer it better, um, that, that they're feeling pretty good about the services we rendered, the information we've shared, the discussions we've had. Um, I give a lot of credit to uh, my chief of staff who's done a lot of that, um, uh, but all my commissioners have, have made themselves available and we've shared information. In the run-up to Election Day, how does it feel seeing yourself kind of being replaced? Is it liberating at all? Yeah, it is. It's kind of, it's, I'm, I'm um, absolutely ready for it. Um, uh, you know, there'll be things that I miss, don't get me wrong. 
Um, uh, I, I think the intensity of relationships and the ability to meet new people every day on the scale that, that I, I was pleased to do that over the last eight years, really, out, out the last 23 years, is really quite remarkable. So I think that, that I'll have to adjust to a different expectancy, right? Um, uh, um, I shouldn't expect as many interesting and exciting things to, to just take place. On the other hand, I, I'm looking forward to having a higher level of privacy. I'm looking forward to being alone in a car. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to going to a, uh, a store where someone's not following me uh, a few steps behind. Um, I, I think the, the thing that I'm ready for, excited about, and maybe even mildly anxious about is, is the ability to, to be me to a higher degree than being governor will allow you to do. When was the last time you've driven a car? Um, I drove one time after I was elected. Um, uh, and then more recently, I've had a couple of practice drives. If you see me coming, get out of the way. <laughs> What's next for you? Well, you know, I go right back to work. I'm going to uh, uh, teach. I'm a Rappaport Fellow at uh, Boston College Law School. It's a public policy institute that I'll be teaching at this uh, next semester. And um, that starts uh, a few days after I'm no longer governor. Um, and I made a conscious choice not to pursue employment uh, uh, by a public company uh, or private company during the time that I was governor because I felt that that would um, place them and me uh, at ethical um, boundaries that I didn't want to test. So uh, the nice thing about the fellowship is that I have a job, it pays me money through May, and now I can do the things I need to do to figure out what I'm going to do on a longer-term basis. Judging by a and, and that all starts at 12 noon on the 9th. <laughs> Not that you're keeping track right. of it. No, well, I just want anyone who's listening to feel free to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by a series of polls back in October, you are leaving office as one of the most unpopular governors I used to be the, the most, so it's, you know, it's better. Why do you think that is? Because I didn't care about being popular. Um, if I had cared about being popular, I would have made completely different decisions, uh, and they would have been the wrong decisions. Um, and I wouldn't, let, I wouldn't have led on issues the way I did, and that would have been wrong. Um, I'll go back to, to what I said. My mother admonished me. I had a, an obligation to leave the world a better place. She didn't say you had to die more popular. She said you had to know that when you were dying or after you had left the, the world, that, that things you had done actually were positive. Um, and, uh, and she didn't mean one or two. She meant a lifetime. You talk about unpopular decisions. Are there a couple that really stick out to you? Sure. Education reform, prison reform, criminal justice reform, uh, uh, job reform in the sense of creating a toolbox that was competitive with other states, uh, advocating spending more money on transportation, um, uh, literally everything, uh, every major accomplishment. Uh, I mean, look at the grief that Republicans give me for having funded housing. Um, now, they, I have heard Republicans take credit for ending chronic homelessness amongst veterans at the same time that they're on record as opposing the things I did to, 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 to allow that to happen, which was creating thousands of units of, of new and additional uh, uh, housing opportunities in the state. I mean, it just, it goes back to, you know, people want credit for what's popular, um, uh, or even what someone else had to uh, uh, expend some blood on, um, but it doesn't mean that they support 
that work having been done by that person. Criminal justice reform in particular, you seem very enthusiastic about. Why is that? I mean, you're a former prosecutor. Is that part of it? Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I learned more about uh, society in the first six months I was a prosecutor in New York City than I had learned, uh, you know, in the 25 years prior to that. Um, uh, society has made great mistakes. Um, many of those are around the issue of poverty and race. Um, we treat people differently based on their zip code, their neighborhood, the color of their skin, or the size of their bank account. And all of that flies in the face of what our constitutional guarantees are and what our expectations of ourselves and others should be. So I have spent a lifetime, not perfectly, but a lifetime um, on a trajectory of trying to make society a fairer, more equal uh, um, op society, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, I, I, I frequently say about education reform, uh, you know, we as Americans patted our back, uh, patted ourselves on the back because we would say, we have given opportunities of success. Well, we know that we can deliver success. We know that there are things that we could do that increase success levels very substantially. And yet we say, well, our, our only obligation is to give the opportunity. I, I redefine that. We should expect success, and we should build our schools and our educational system to guarantee it, uh, at least amongst a much larger group of black, brown, and urban people and people in poverty. Um, and, um, you know, I've done it. Not perfectly, but we've made progress. Decades from now, how do you hope to be remembered as a governor? I don't have any expectation that dec decades from now that anyone will know anything about me. Um, um, most, most politicians are forgotten within five years of having left office. So that's not my measurement. I, everyone's coming up to me and saying, oh, you know, you will be fully appreciated in, in the future. Um, I, I, I fully appreciate what I attempted to do in, in the present. Um, uh, and that's what counts. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the first governor. Um, um, you know, I'm, I don't have any expectation with that. Now, if, if you go around this country and say who's a leader on pension reform and budgetary reform, uh, my name will come up. Uh, in another state. You go anywhere in this country and talk about criminal justice reform or, or corrections reform, my name will, will come up or my administration's name will come up. If you talk about, did I say educational reform uh, 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 on a college, a collegiate level, uh, and a pre-K through 12 or pre-K alone, it, it'll come up. If, if you talk about modernizing uh, government and investing in, in technology to do that, my name will come up. So, I mean, I know where what I've accomplished, and, and I'm very comfortable uh, in it, and that's why being popular was never important. Will your name ever appear on a ballot again? Probably not. I, I have no expectation of that happening. Um, uh, I'll probably appear in other people's uh, uh, political mail. Um, um, I bet you there's a lot of Republicans in the state that wish they had spent more time distancing themselves from the president, uh, or perhaps treating gay, lesbian, transgender individuals, black, brown, or poor people, or urban uh, residents better. Um, um, I bet you that's true uh, in Greenwich, uh, and in Wilton, and Norwalk, and Danbury, and other parts of the state. Do you think the Republicans who ran against you in November misjudged? Yeah. Um, I knew 
I'll go back to the year before the um, mayoral elections, where Republicans running for mayor or first selectman ran against me, and they got trounced. We had the largest turnover of any recent memory in local governments from Republicans to Democrats, and not just by a vote or two. I mean, this was overwhelming. And I knew when I went to sleep that night that we could elect a Democrat um, as the governor. I wasn't sure that we had the candidate yet, but that we could do that. Um, and um, I also knew that um, when uh, Themis or uh, Fasano would not distance themselves from the president, they were uh, uh, committing, uh, not suicide, because they got elected, but for their party they were doing that. And, uh, you know, you deserve what you get, I guess. Governor Daniel Malloy, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.